Hey there, lovelies. Thanks for joining again. Uh, why did I write that? Uh, this is Diary 7. We're on episode 8. Um, we are in Athens now. In the last episode was the actual description of the sort of madman cab driver. Um, we were in Rome for a little bit and explored some of the awesome stuff there. Got really into art. I was like spitting off a lot of information that I learned from audio guides. I was very excited about it all. Um, and yeah, so we're in Athens now. It is Saturday, September 26th, 2009. Woke up this morning in time to check out of the hostel by 10. I had left my name and email address for the American guys and checked email slash Facebook before leaving the hostel in hopes that they had contacted us with a plan to meet up. Oh yeah, these are the American guys who we had met while hiking the day before and we had hung out with them for a bit and they had offered to let us stay at their student housing. Um, they had not, but MK had a faint idea of where they lived, so we headed out in that direction. We found the building, but felt a little bit weird about just showing up with our packs and asking for a place to stay. We decided to just go for it and rang the doorbell. We were led into the building and then went up, and Jackson led us into the apartment. Everyone else was still asleep. Apparently they'd been up until almost six in the morning, and Matt had been vomiting red wine on an... Oh, had been vomiting. Red wine on an empty stomach was apparently a bad choice. Even Jackson was very tired and decided to go take a nap. Devin was up and came with us to see the Acropolis, the Acropolis, Zeus's temple, the Olympic Stadium, and other sites we saw on the map. He's a classical studies major, so it was great to have him with us to tell us all about what we were seeing. A personal tour guide. I remember this guy. So Matt and Jackson, if I recall, were like party guys. I mean, they were drinking red wine on an empty stomach. Uh... Yeah, they were like party guys. The one was like dealing pot as an exchange student in Athens. She didn't seem like the best choice, but um, yeah, it was like a little bit, little bit of a sketchy dude. And then this Devin guy was like, you know, clearly had been paired up with them in a room situation just sort of through their university. Um, was, you know, an outlier in that scenario, but was like, yeah, very, was a lovely person to have because he had all of, all of this information. Um, yeah, being a classical studies major. So he was, he was who we should have been friends with. And I think we ended up being more friends with the other guys or yeah. Anyway, uh, we stopped at a supermarket to get some food for dinner. Now that we had access to a kitchen, we were going to satisfy our craving for a huge plate of spaghetti. We fried up some onions, garlic, green and red peppers, and eggplant, and had it with spaghetti and cheese. Yum, yum. And we had bought enough so that we could share with Devin, Matt, and Jackson. The other three roommates, Jackos and Andy and Jamar, were not there. Then we drank, then we drank the beers that we had bought and played Texas Hold'em, betting drinks. The American girls came over, and we all went back to that big rock by the Acropolis and sat and drank and watched the city. We all headed back to the boys' apartment and smoked a bit before falling asleep. Matt slept at his girlfriend Stephanie's place, so Jamar slept in his bed, and MK and I got to sleep together in Jamar's room. These guys are so nice. That is, that's very lovely of them. September 27th. 
Once MK and I woke up, we slept until about 11. Woohoo! We decided to take advantage of the kitchen once more and treat the boys to a crepe breakfast. We set out with Devin to go to the supermarket, but the main one was closed, so we spent about an hour wandering until we found another one and bought the necessary ingredients. I made the batter and crepes, and MK prepared the fillings. We had tomato, cheese, avocado, Nutella, bananas, and nectarines. Yum. We had enough for two each, for myself, MK, Devin, Matt, Stephanie, and Jackson. Everyone seemed... But none for Jamar, who gave us his room. (laughs) Everyone seemed very grateful to have something cooked for breakfast. I don't think they do much cooking around here, and so the two home-cooked meals that we've made have been a treat. The plan was to go to the beach, so once everyone... So once everyone woke up, we set out on the tram at about 3.45. We stopped at the first beach we came to and set ourselves up. The boys played soccer and frisbee and got yelled at for doing both, while Stephanie and I went into the water for a bit. Then we all sort of lazed about, playing cards and reading, before heading back to the beach bar to get a few drinks. They were pricey there, so we only had one each. MK and I got ouzo. They mix it with water here, and it's pretty good. Then we took the tram back to town, and MK, Jackson, and I went to go to the grocery store to buy food, the idea being a big feast. The bazaar was still closed, so we went to a smaller place, which unfortunately meant that we ate similarly to what we had made last night. Spaghetti again, with a sauce made from a couple of cans of tomatoes, mushrooms, onion, and garlic with cheese on top. Still pretty tasty, and everyone was satisfied. We fed Andy, Jackson, Jamar, MK, and me. The evening was pretty low-key, filled with cards and just chilling. I think everyone was pretty burned out from the weekend, and tomorrow marks the start of school week for the boys. September 28th. We had a few eggs and some bread left from the groceries we had bought, so I made French toast for breakfast this morning. Like magic, Devin appeared in the kitchen as I began to cook, asking what I was doing. I told him, making breakfast. He left and returned once I had finished the first two pieces, and asked him and asked him what I was making. Probably and asked me what I was making. I told him and then brought the first two pieces to MK. There were a total of six pieces of bread left, so we each had two pieces. Devin disappeared again afterwards. <laughs> this guy's just like a food magnet. Like, Hello, I hear you're cooking. I would like some. Um, Devin disappeared again afterwards, but came to say bye when he was leaving for school. He thanked us for being nice. Oh. It's tragic. Poor guy doesn't really fit in with the other guys he's living with and was very grateful for the friendship we extended to him. MK and I packed our bags, thanked the boys for their hospitality, and then took the metro to... to... Piraeus? Something? The port in Athens. We got ourselves some tickets for the ferry to Rhodes and went online to book a hostel. We made a stop at a grocery store to pick up some food and drink for the overnight ferry, and MK called his bank, and got his visa bill sorted out. Then we walked to the harbor and set out to find gate one. Turns out it was a hell of a walk, all around the opposite side of the harbor. Once we reached gate one, there was a couple lounging on their luggage, who flashed us a peace sign and said hello, so we sat to talk with them for a bit. (laughs) Fucking the hippies always find each other. Nick and Anna were from Mississauga, and were headed to one of the islands where Nick's family has a home, so they got to stay for free. They told us that they were going to pick grapes and olives, and that the work there is easy to get, and pays about 40 to 50 euro per day, no quotas. And you don't need a visa, it's all cash. We jumped at this and made some inquiries. They mentioned that we could probably pitch a tent on their property for 5 euro or 6 euro a day. 
We got their email addresses and names, and so we're going to get in touch with them to see if we can actually work this out. Even with food expenses, rent, and drinks, we still figured that we can earn about 20 euro a day. On a very conservative guess. Hell, making any money is better than making none, so we're very excited to get this. Plus, spending a couple of months in the Mediterranean is not too hard to convince me of. They gave us their email addresses and said that if we emailed them, we could, they could meet us on Samos and show us around and help us get started. That would be the chance of a lifetime. I'm thankful for the kindness of strangers and their willingness to help a person in need. We boarded the ferry and sat for about two hours before leaving the harbour at about seven. MK and I played a lot of cards, ate some sandwiches, and drank a bit of wine and ouzo. About midnight, I went to the bathroom, and on returning, saw MK talking with a girl. Turns out her family is from Rhodes. She's studying in Athens. She provided some good conversation and a little bit more information about picking olives. She had done it once, and her father does it every year. At about one o'clock, someone hushed us with a loud shh. So the girl left, and MK and I unrolled our sleeping bags on the lounge floor to attempt to sleep. September 29th. Well, sleeping on the floor of a ferry didn't prove to be too successful, but we arrived in Rhodes at about 8.30 in the morning. We saw the girl from last night as we were disembarking, and she pointed us in the direction of the buses we would need to take to get to Thessalogos, where the hostel was. We thanked her, and we're off. We gained further directions from a few kind people along the way, and got our tickets for the bus. We only had to wait for about half an hour before it arrived, and once we were on, the bus driver told us that he didn't know where Debbie's Studios was, but let us off in Thessalogos. We asked at a restaurant, and they pointed in one direction, saying the address was about 20 minutes down the road. At this juncture, we came to a fork in the road and a gas station. Again, we went inside and asked for the whereabouts of Debbie's Studios, which I, I'm assuming by context is the name of the um, hostel. Nobody seemed to know where it was, and after a long walk down a road that curved steadily away from the ocean and into an, indu into an industrial sector, we realized that they'd been leading us to an, arche an archaeological site, Camaro, rather than the address, Camaros Ave. Duh. So we turned around and walked back to the restaurant we had first gone to because they had internet. 50 euro cents bought us eight minutes, which, in which we looked at the map showing us where the hostel ought to be. It looked to be in the region of road we had just walked up and down for an hour. We set out again in the same direction, reading each sign, but getting no clues. We decided to walk along the beach as it parallels the road, which, which we had confirmed was Calmeros. Because it was, oh, because it was slightly cooler. Slightly. This is, this point, like, we'd been walking for probably a couple of hours with these huge packs, like, in the heat, heat of, you know, Grecian September. It was not, not a super comfortable time. We asked at a cantina on the beach, but they too had never heard of it. It seemed as though we're forever destined to be fruitlessly searching for hostels that don't seem to exist. At a point on the beach, we decided to take a break and lay down, and lay down our packs, trying to air some of the sweat that soaked our shirts. MK decided to go in one direction to see what he could find. I stayed with our bags and read and enjoyed the beautiful view. He returned what seemed like an eternity later, having turned up no results. We were both grateful that we had the entire day ahead of us, it only being one o'clock, instead of having to do the searching at night. While MK rested, I walked in the opposite direction than he had. 
After some time of wandering to and from the beach and road through a maze of smaller perpendicular roads and occasionally cutting through other hotels, I came back to the original restaurant. I decided to go all the way to the peak of the beach that I could see, so I continued. So I continued past the restaurant in search of the elusive Debbie's Studios. Shortly after passing the restaurant, I saw Mike's Bar and then a small supermarket that said Debbie's on the sign, akin to a Dominic's No Frills. <laughs> it's a very Guelph reference to the franchise of No Frills owned by Dominic. Uh, it had to be more than a coincidence. I entered and asked the man behind the cash register and was so relieved to learn that I had come to the right spot. He phoned Debbie and got things sorted and gave me the key to room five, showing me the way. I passed Mike's bar on the way and chatted with who I can only assume was Mike. Turns out he, he lived in Montreal for 12 years. He even has a Canadian flag hanging in the bar. Everyone seems very friendly, which is excellent. So glad to be in a small town. I walked back along the beach and retrieved MK and our, getting, and our packs. Getting to the room, we were blown away by what we were getting for 10 to 12 euro a night. 10 to 12 euro. I wonder if it was, they probably had like peak rates for certain days. A double bed plus a single bed because they were out of doubles or something. A mini fridge and kitchenette with hot plate, kettle, and a panini press a small bathroom, and a balcony overlooking the sea towards the mountains of Turkey. Wow. We showered and then went for groceries while Debbie's husband cleaned the room for us. Returning, we had a hearty meal of rice and beans, and then MK fell asleep while I finished Angels and Demons. Then I joined him. We woke up a few hours later, <laughs> had a quickie, st stayed for some time on the balcony, gazing at the black ocean ahead of us and the stars above. Perhaps the book, with all its religion and science and arguments for both, has stirred me. Oh, well, about to, get, about to get into it. Looking up at the stars and hearing the waves crashing melodiously along with the countless animal noises made me reflect humans' position within it all. We really are just so small. And while our inventions astound me, <laughs> in parentheses, I've just written, Airplane? Question mark exclamation point. <laughs> I recognize just how inefficient we are. Take ants, for example. Each one works tirelessly, day in, day out. For what? They don't directly benefit themselves, but have such a team mentality that any cause that's beneficial to the entire colony is a cause they lend themselves to. Working together as one, seamlessly. That's something that mankind will never be able to accomplish. I fear that is our doom. Oh no. And we bring it upon ourselves one day at a time. Um, okay, this, I continue writing, but I can see that, like it's, I think it's a poem. I don't know, we'll, we'll see if it rhymes. It has a star and then I can see where it ends. There's another star, so. Oh, it is, yep, it rhymes. Oh boy. Oh boy. Kaya poetry. Buckle in, folks. This is... Yeah, this is gonna be good. Okay. Why us? Why humans? Why now? Why at all? How can we act so big, but be so small? We build higher and faster and bigger and stronger, but the earth will support us for how much longer? <laughs> 
The infinite ocean, the endless sky. I ponder these wonders and can only ask why. <laughs> How did we get here? By whose creed or choice? I know that my answer isn't found in a voice. <laughs> From the waves on the beach, each bug in its tree, full of oh, all of creation is helping me to see. A culmination of events stacked one upon another has brought us here to be sister and brother. But try as I may and try as you might, I fear that true brotherhood is nowhere in sight. The more we strive individually for getting one another, the more we weaken ourselves, the more we smother. If I, if I can get like a loud round of snaps for that beautiful poetry. Um, if I had some bongos to accompany it, I would have recited it in that way. And I will leave you with that, you know, beautiful aching poetry that will just echo in your heart and, and leave you with some questions about the true brotherhood of, of man. Anyway, bye. <laughs>